quite a few years ago, Annabeth and I led uh, a trip to Israel. And it was great. It was a tremendous experience. We, in our tour bus, we, we came to Bethlehem. And, of course, everybody came out of the tour bus. And we're looking around just its beautiful spot, and you're imagining what all happened there. And w- wouldn't you know it that um, as we walked over to what they called the, the fields of Bethlehem, which still are the fields of Bethlehem, um, there was a shepherd with a sheep just happened to walk out there. So, of course, everybody that had come off the bus ran over with their cameras, upon which the shepherd said, one American dollar. You can have a picture of a real shepherd if you pay one American dollar. Uh, Christmas can kind of become like that. Um, we're not really sure that, that, that we get back into the, the meaning of Christmas, and, and even that becomes a, a bit of a, a trite thing, finding the real meaning of Christmas. But um, as we think about Christmas, and as we now see it sort of in the rearview mirror, um, I, I want to talk about shepherds and uh, the fact that, that the shepherds in the fields of Bethlehem aren't just... Um, hallmark characters because it can so much become like that for us we we have in our minds the the image of the Bethlehem field and the 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 star and the sheep and goats and shepherds and the stable and and all of that kind of thing Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, I hope this morning we can kind of get a fresh glimpse at how important it was that shepherds were the first ones to hear that the Messiah was born. Uh, the Bible does surprising things. I hope you've noticed that. That um, if, if we ever think we could predict what God would do in a certain situation, he probably wouldn't do it or wouldn't do it that way. Um, if, if we try to imagine what we would value in a situation, probably God would say, no, I don't value that at all. In fact, it's the opposite. The opposite is what I value. And so the fact that that shepherds were told about the birth of the Messiah um, needs to grip our minds and our hearts today and say, oh my goodness, shepherds were the first ones to hear this. So here's what we find in uh, Luke. Uh, It's a very familiar passage that says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So maybe Charlie Brown Christmas comes to mind, or nativity readings, cute little kids up on the stage waving at mommy and daddy, and the story could pass us by um, without making us say, what? Who? Why? Shepherds. Why? So who who were the shepherds, Uh, and what were they doing, and why were they the ones that would hear the news first? And then... How spectacular was it that there was a light show 
in the heavens um, when the shepherds got this news. So shepherds were the everyday workers of Israel. Um, you were either a farmer or a shepherd or some kind of a tradesperson, um, but there were a lot, a lot of shepherds. I have a soft place in my heart for shepherds because I grew up in Northern Ireland where there are more sheep than people. There are more sheep in Northern Ireland than there are people in probably all of Britain or all of Europe, maybe all of Canada. They're everywhere, right? So if, if you're driving somewhere, uh, you will undoubtedly have to get out of the way as shepherds walk their sheep up and down the pathways, across the pasture lands, and that's kind of how it was in Israel in the time of Jesus' birth. These shepherds um, were, were workers for hire. They were laborers for a salary. Uh, the sheep may have been owned by somebody else, or they may have been owned by several shepherds. Um, and the shepherds were people whose whole job was to look after sheep. So they lived with the sheep day and night, right? So they are out there with the sheep. There are a variety of opinions among people who are writing about these things as to who these people were likely to be. Um, you come across things like they, they possibly were quite illiterate. Uh, their job was just to uh, make sure that the sheep are protected and that make sure that the sheep are fed. Um, they may actually have been tending the lambs that would have been the Passover lambs as time moved along. They probably were looking after their sheep in the sense that their sheep were grazing. There's only like a narrow piece of land that is farmable um, and it's near Bethlehem between Bethlehem and Jerusalem. M much of Israel is, is desert. Um, and the point was that when, when whoever owned the land had taken the crop off the land, only then would they let the shepherds come in to, lake, to let their flocks graze on the land. So there's a, a very small window, and this is probably the time that the shepherds of Judea, the Bethlehem shepherds, were up there in the fields looking after their sheep, living in the fields looking after their sheep. Some people have suggested that most of the shepherds were actually children, that some... Um, the, they were often the youngest lad in a whole family of people. They may sometimes have been retired people, people who were aged and had no other way that they would earn a living. Certainly we think of David, and he was actually a shepherd boy from this area, and he was the littlest kid, right? All his other brothers you know, showed up, could I be king, could I be king, could I be king? And Samuel finally says, is that it? Is there nobody else? Yeah, well, there's the kid who's out looking after the sheep. So maybe that's how it was. Um, sometimes we get the notion that shepherds were fairly despised um, as a trade uh, and weren't given the time of day. But later in this story, we hear that the, the shepherds go and tell everybody what they've seen. And we're not told that people didn't believe them or dismissed them um, we're just told that people were astonished by what they heard. So there's this whole sort of amalgam of, of ideas about who the shepherds were, and probably we can just kind of characterize them as the normal people of the day. 
the people who worked day by day, and their work was fairly boring. They were every now and then, you know, um, interrupted by something wanting to, to snare one of their sheep, and they have to go find it, or a sheep gets lost, or sheep wander off a lot of times, so a shepherd might have to go find the sheep, bring the sheep back. But life was pretty routine for these shepherds. It was pretty boring for these shepherds. And so we're told this story that, again, is not just a postcard, not just a hallmark image, but it's, it's a, a real-life drama in the night on the hills in the fields of Bethlehem. And so what we're told is that um, all of a sudden there was an angel of the Lord. Again, Christmas pageant, here comes the little boy with he's got his wings on and his mommy's looking at him, taking pictures, somebody's up there taking video and we can say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But an, an angel of the Lord. What is that like? How many of you have seen an angel of the Lord so far? Maybe you have and you don't even know that that was an angel. Maybe you say immediately, it's my wife. But an angel of the Lord. So the shepherds, ordinary guys, maybe ordinary women, maybe kids, maybe aged, maybe despised, maybe not noticed. um, They are the ones that in the night fields all of a sudden have this visitation. And not only is there an angel that comes, but the glory of the Lord shone around them. So Messiah comes to mind, the glory of the Lord. And again, you say, okay, we know that language. We, we hear it every single Christmas. But what was it like when the glory of the Lord shone around? What's, what's the brightest light you've ever seen? Have you seen the aurora borealis? And does it stagger you with its beauty? Um, have you been so far north where even... Um, in the middle of, of summertime, it never even gets dark because there's twilight that kind of is still there. Or have you been somewhere where there is the darkness of the middle of winter and light is a phenomenon that, that you understand? Well, this light, so an angel is talking, appearing, a brilliant light is shining around them And here's where we love um, the King James translation. And they were what? Sore afraid. Isn't that? Because the words used here mean they were absolutely scared out of their wits. They were terrified. And wouldn't you be? All of a sudden, there is a being that has appeared. And there is a light that is shining. It is overwhelming. And you are terrified. So the angel... Uh, does what angels almost always do first. They say, don't be afraid. Because every time an angel comes, the people that see him, her, or meet him or her, are terrified. Angels are terrifying. And so they said, don't be afraid. Um, And here's the news that the angel came to bring. She said, "I'm, I'm bringing you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He's Christ the Lord. And I I don't know what capacity the shepherds had to understand the theology of that. Because now we go back to it and and it is packed full of the whole theology of of the Christ. Um, A Savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. 
He's, he's your Savior. He's the, the Christ, the, the Messiah, the promised one for Israel. And Lord, he is the Lord of heaven and earth. And, and that's the one that has been born in the city of David, down there in Bethlehem. And you will find him lying in a manger. Well, if it wasn't terrifying enough already, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared. How big is a great company of the heavenly host? Right? We, we get to Revelation and it's 10,000 times 10,000 and myriads of myriads. And, and we get the sense that, that, that the angelic host outnumbers the stars of the sky. So here are these shepherds, ordinary guys, who, you know, just thought it was another night. And there's this terrifying thing that happens. Then the angel calms them down and says, here's what's going on. And they're going, well, what does that mean? Who is Christ the Lord? Um, oh, yeah, the city of David. We, we know some stories about who David was and that the throne of David belongs to him and that there's a Messiah associated with that. So when, when, when the big host of angelic beings come, um, they sing or they say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace on men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, is that an understatement or not? Oh, the angels are gone now. Okay. No, these angels terrified them blinded them, sang an incredible song, told them something that was hardly believable, and then just editor's comment, when the angels hadn't gone back to heaven, the shepherd said, hey, should we go there? What was it like in the, in the heat of that when, when they're looking around saying, did you see what I saw? Did you hear what I hear? Are we imagining things? Are we dreaming here? And so they say, well, um, when the shepherds had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. I'm sure. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And then there's a lovely, tender, um, maternal moment here. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. What a night. Who were these guys? Girls, old people, young people. They're just regular people like us. So it wasn't the religious people that heard the news, first of all. It wasn't the royal people. It wasn't the legal people. It, it was just ordinary people. Um, and that seems absolutely in keeping with what the gospel does. Um, the gospel is for ordinary people. Um, there's no favor shown because of status as far as the gospel is concerned. The message of the Christ, the message of the Savior is a message that comes first of all to ordinary people and probably more often and more regularly 
to ordinary people. I think that's why children understand the story of Jesus. I think that's why in places where we're not completely mesmerized by technology and by, by learning, um, that there is more of a heart openness to the truth about Jesus. Because the thing about the gospel is that it's understandable to, to ordinary people. And ordinary people are welcomed to hear. And so I think the shepherds, now they're sort of finally sorting out in their heads what, what they've seen. And probably they've said, we should have had a gift, right? Uh, we, should have, we should have done something. Can we find something better than that manger? Manger it was not a pretty thing. It was a cattle stall. It was probably stinky. Um, it was not a nice place for a baby to be born. The shepherds weren't the sort of people you would welcome to come and see your brand new baby because they probably s- smelt really bad as well. Have you ever h- held a sheep? They stink, and they get oil the, the, off of their wool onto you, and it stinks. My dad once rescued a sheep off, off the middle of the road, mostly because he was so impatient that he wanted the sheep out of the way. So he got out of the car, and he went and he picked the, the sheep up, and he took the sheep over into the field. Came back in the car, and I can still remember my mom saying, Leslie, what is that smell? It was the smell of the sheep. So these shepherds, again, they're not the ideal visitors for the maternity ward, right? They're not the ideal visitors for the nursery. They are probably not welcome to almost anyone except Joseph and Mary were already sorting through who they were themselves and where they are welcome and would be welcomed and so on. And by the time the night is over, the the shepherds... It somehow grips them, what they have seen. And it says they return praising and glorifying God. What does that sound like if you're a shepherd? Are you in fine-tuned? Do you you know how to sing well? Um, what, What does it look like when these shepherds are glorifying and praising God and going around and finding everyone that they could and telling them what they have seen and what they believe has happened? And it says the people are amazed. Again, the word amazed is the word that means astonished at the things that they're hearing from these shepherds. I want to just suggest three things very quickly this morning that are the lessons for us of the shepherds and why the story of the nativity starts with shepherds. It's just, first of all, the fact that they're ordinary. And the message of Christianity is a message for ordinary people. It's for people who, um, you know, aren't scaling the heights in terms of knowledge, wisdom, skills. It's for them as well. Uh, But it's for everybody. It's for ordinary people. The second thing is that they were blessed. And as we move in and through and out of Christmas, I wonder if we could just stop and say well we're ordinary people aren't we we're just like everybody else and yet we have been given the the glory of this story of the coming of the child and we get to year by year have a party about that celebrate that and rejoice in that we're ordinary people and we are blessed 
Um, so we can't leave Christmas on a Hallmark card. We can't leave Christmas in the movies. We can't leave it on the stage or the market square. It's, it's us. The shepherds could not ever be the same people again. Do you remember that night that we were blinded by the light and the angel talked to us? Oh, yeah, that. No, it's like probably every time it came to mind, it was like, that was incredible. Like, that's the only incredible thing that has happened my whole life long, my whole career long. And it was me. I'm an ordinary shepherd. And, you know, why did I get to be the one that an angel would come and talk to? Um, so I am blessed by it. We are blessed by it. And then finally, again, just really obviously, they were changed. Um, you don't go back to the fields of Bethlehem the same as you got there that afternoon or whatever you have walked the grazing sheep from. Um, it dawns on them what has happened. It, it, it sinks into their minds and hearts the truth of what has been told to them and what they now have seen. And so they take it on the road and they go out shouting and singing and rejoicing and saying, guess what? And then in the drama of the editor's comment, there's just, and Mary uh, pondered these things. She, she treasured them in her heart. She gazed at her baby child and pondered um, what she had heard. So she had some experience with angels. So did Joseph have some experience with angels. The shepherds now um, outdo what this couple have experienced of angels. So they may have wanted to know, well, when you say an angel of the Lord came, what did that look like? How many were there in that host? How bright was it? What exactly did they say? And Mary and Joseph may have just had a chance to look at each other and say it's true pretty amazing we have um, through Advent uh, read poems and we will do that until Epiphany there's a, this book and there are these poems that we will publish every, every day until Epiphany um, the other day there was a poem um, published by Richard Bauckham uh, he, he's the person who wrote the book that I refer to a lot of times, Jesus and the Eyewitnesses. He's a scholar in, in England. Um, and, and he wrote this poem. Uh, and, and for me, I think it, it kind of catches us into the shepherd's um, orbit. He says, We were familiar with the night. We knew its favorite colors, its sullen silence and its small disturbing sounds its unprovoked rages, its savage dreams. We slept by turns, attentive to the flock. We said little. Night after night, there was little to say. But sometimes one of us, skilled in that way, would pipe a tune of how things were for us. They say that once, almost before time, the stars with shining voices serenaded the newborn born world the night could not contain their boundless praise. We thought that just a poem. Until the night, a song of solar glory, unutterable, unearthly, eclipsed the luminaries of the night, as though the world were being exercised of dark and, coming to itself, began again. Later we returned to the flock. The night was ominously black. The stars were silent as the sheep. 
Nights pass year on year. We clutch our meager cloaks against the cold. Our aging piper's fumbling fingers play night after night, an earthly echo of the song that banished dark. It has stayed with us. Isn't that beautiful? A little tune that heaven echoes and says, yeah, um, an old shepherd now who still plays his pipe and he plays the same tune and they remember because it has stayed with them. Um, are you ordinary? Are you blessed? Are you changed? Simple as that, right? Easy to check the first one off, yes. Second one, sometimes I have to make sure I realize that I am truly blessed. I'm truly blessed to know this message, to live into this message. Am I changed? It, it gets harder to say yes as we go one, two, three. Very easy to say we're ordinary. A little harder to make sure we understand that we truly are blessed. And then it'll be profoundly important as it dawns on us that we have been changed. Um, the intricacies of the plan of God around the birth of Jesus, his life and his death, we will never sound the depth of the wisdom of that. Um, the angels still haven't finished learning what was going on. So they were fairly rudimentary followers of God when they showed up to sing as a heavenly host. But now they keep gazing at human beings, trying to understand what it is that God has done. Maybe they've, they've just got innocent questions all along the way, like, shepherds? Seriously? I mean, that's an honest question. Shepherds? These guys? The disciples must have baffled them. You're going to change the world through these people. Good luck. Right? Bad candidate to change the world. And now still, they look at the church and they say, really? This was your best idea. And it was, and it is. Um, and it will help us to say, yes, we're ordinary and we're blessed, but we're, we're changed. We're being changed and going to be changed um, because there's this just this little eerie song that says there was once a time when, when the world was born, there was music in the universe, and that music is on its way back um, and it will be glorious to behold it.